This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We're back with more Tapped Out with Brendan Tobin and Sean Levine on the BetQL Network. Welcome back into the show, tapped out on the BetQL Network, just like that guy said. Jan Blahovic takes on Alexander Rockich tonight, UFC in Las Vegas, in Cali as they head out west. Uh, Jamel Charlo takes on Brian Castano, plus 170 for Castano. Charlo, you got to pay for him. No surprise there at minus 225. We'll talk about those coming up in a little while before we tap out here on the BetQL Network, but... I want to ask you, BT, what are the odds? I don't know if we're going to see any of these fights, but at some point you think a couple of them are going to go down. And if they do, I want to know what the odds would actually be. Let's start in the boxing ring. So we're talking a lot about Canelo, who somehow lost as a minus 550 to Dimitri Bevel last Saturday night, who was a plus 400. Let's say these guys decide to run it back. Let's say that Canelo goes, all right, you beat me, and I want the chance to avenge the, the loss. Who do you think is favored if they ran it back? Same weight class. Same weight class. Uh, I'm going to go with Bivol being the favorite if it's at 175. If it was at 168, then I would go Canelo as the slight favorite. But I, I do think that matters. I think that uh, people will be flipped that much if they uh, if they were to, to run it back, just because it was just that much of a uh, it was just that much of a drubbing. Hold on though. If Canelo is anything like we've been talking about, and we agreed that maybe we overrated him a little bit, but if he's the great Canelo, can't he adjust? Bevel beat him down, and it was very technical and tactful, mm-hmm. and I don't think that Canelo really, like, he couldn't get inside. It was just the size difference. But don't you think the great Canelo Alvarez would adjust the second time around? Like, you're talking about a guy that was a minus 550 would come in the rematch as an underdog? Are you nuts? Well, first of all, this has been the year of the upset in boxing. Like, I mean, For you know, sure. talking about George Cambosis beating Teofimo Lopez. I mean, like, uh, we have been seeing guys go out there and and get the upsets or, you know, nearly getting the upsets, sometimes getting screwed by the judges. Like, you know, I think in boxing, they go with these crazy lines that we see more so than we do in the UFC where we just have the idea that, you know, I, I would say like a guy like Makachev, right? Like you already see, like the respect that he's getting when we had Manpreet on that he's that would never happen in boxing. If a guy like Charles Oliveira had three title defenses and he was taking on an up and coming prospect, it would never happen that a guy would be that much of a favorite against the champion in boxing. Like, you know, it would be like, oh, nobody ever heard of Makachev. Who's this guy taking on? Um, they don't respect the skills in boxing. Like, it has to be you have to have names on your resume for you to get those odds. Now that Bevel has beaten Canelo. The odds makers are going to be a lot more in his favor. I just think that's typically the way it works. You don't go by based on what the guys actually bring to the to the cage or to the ring. You go by who have they beaten. Bevel said that he wants to fight him again, and he wants to fight him for all of Canelo's belts. Do you think that's the next fight for Canelo, or do you think we see a tune-up before it? Uh, you know, it's a good question. I feel like if I was in Canelo's camp, and I was if I was, I would not go right to Bevel. I feel right. like I would find something else to do i would recalibrate because it just didn't look close and also this guy's a box office draw 
how many people like if, if he would have beaten Bevel, it's not really a story. I told you this going into last week. Like, this was like the least interested fight I was in. I wasn't interested in Canelo versus Bevel. I want him versus De- uh, Benavidez or versus Jamal Charlo. Like, I want something like that for Canelo's next fight or the Triple G trilogy. But now he's in this spot where it's got the intrigue because obviously the guy has beaten him already. But I still don't even know how much of a uh, a draw it is, like Canelo getting redemption. So I don't know. I feel like I would try and take every advantage that I could if I was Canelo and try and have him suck down the weight, even though I'm putting all my belts on the line. Um, but, I mean, if I was running his camp, I'd say, hey, let's do something else, and then we'll go back to b-ball. All right, so if you want a boxing matchup that's a draw, and this is probably just a dream, and there's probably a lot of people that are like, oh, why is this idiot even talking about it? This was mentioned a few months ago and kind of shot down by both guys, but just because that happens doesn't make me think that it won't go down. And I'm talking about Jake Paul versus Mike Tyson. First of all, if it did happen, I'm serious. If it did happen, what kind of odds do you think we're talking about? Like, so if they'd announce it tomorrow and said it's going down, let's not pretend like you wouldn't be excited. Like you, you, you I would not be excited. I'm not, I would watch, but I'm not going to be excited. I'm not going to be excited. Listen to the two things that might happen. Mike Tyson would get beat up by the Disney kid, and everybody would be like, Oh my god, what is going on in 2022 or 23? Whenever it happens, sad. Or, this doesn't excite or, me. Or, or hang on, or the Disney kid gets beat up by Iron Mike Tyson in 2022, 23. Like, how could you not pay for that? How could you not watch it? First of all, I'm, I'm trying to be as serious as I can. What kind of odds would we be talking about? It's tough. I- I feel like Tyson's going to be favored. I feel like Ty- like Tyson looked good against Roy Jones Jr. He really did. I mean, it, it, and, and honestly, it looked like he probably could have put Roy away if they didn't have some gentleman's agreement. Uh, you know, Tyson looks like he's still doing the damn thing. And, and I don't think that, uh, and, and honestly, looked in really good shape as far as uh, his cardio was concerned. Like, he was pressing and looking forward. Like, looked better then than he did at the end of his career. I know he was going up against a shell of a Roy Jones, but still. Um I, I just, but this, this just depresses me. Like, what are we talking about him versus Jake Paul? He's a, he's an old man. No, no, old listen, 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 people care about this conversation. So I'm going to just keep it going for a Why? second. Why? Let, let me keep the train on the tracks for one more second here. I think that not only would a lot of people want to watch the fight, but I tend to agree with you that Jake Paul would finally come in as the underdog. A lot of money, a lot of public money, all of mm-hmm. it would come in on Mike Tyson because that's what people would want to see. It would just be fun to bet on. Like, now the I know is, you know, know it would de- it, dude, like, how could you not be interested in that? I'm sorry. I know it sounds corny, but it, it's probably never going to happen. But how can that not at least get your palate wet? Mike Tyson is a monster star still. Like Mike Tyson versus Roy Jones did over a million pay-per-view buys. Paul is a monster star. No, not he's not. He's he's a monster social media star. He's not a big draw. His last two pay-per-views flopped. I don't believe those numbers what they told me. I saw really? what they said. Okay. I, I don't believe I don't believe he admitted Paul's the numbers problem. sucked. He, he didn't admit the exact numbers. I think it's somewhere between that's, probably, that's worse. <laughs> All right. What if what if, again, while we're talking about this fictitious world, what if Khabib in his prime went against Charles Oliveira in his prime? You and I strongly disagree on this one. I think Oliveira has no chance. Like, I think mm-hmm. Oliveira's in his prime right now. I think Khabib was in his prime. Like, let's say when he fought Gaethje or whatever, maybe right before. Let's say when he fought Conor the first time, or Conor the only time. So three, four years ago, whatever that was, if, they, if it went down and those guys actually got into the octagon, I think it's done in one. 
I think okay. that Khabib dominates Charles Oliveira. Maybe this is just still my Dubronx disrespect. It has nothing to do with him missing the weight. And I think that the public would agree with me and not you. I think because of that, Khabib comes in as a pretty heavy favorite. Like, we're talking about a lot of people's goat at this weight class, mm-hmm. still undefeated. I'm talking about Khabib comes in and tell me if you disagree at like a minus 250, minus 300 against the current quote-unquote champ, Charles Oliveira. Well, no, like, listen, I don't disagree with you there because Manpreet's telling us that, you know, Islam's already a minus 200 on some websites. I mean, what's Khabib supposed to be? Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Uh, so, yeah, I think my Stewart, I wouldn't be surprised it got even to like minus 350 or even uh, heavier than that. Um, and I would tell you, I would go run and bet on Charles Oliveira because I would take that value, man. Because I think I think Charles Oliveira's actually got a shot against him. And I, 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 hell yes. I almost thought that Manpreet misspoke and then I double checked and he's right. So the future line, if it goes down, Charles Oliveira would be a sizable underdog, which is crazy against Islam Makachev because like what else does a I'm gonna I'm gonna stop these air quotes. I'm just gonna call him champion because that's what he is. What does a champion have to do? Like what does his resume have to look like? I understand that yeah, he quit. Dude, he quit like 10 years ago in a fight. He's been good for so long. He can beat people now on his feet or on the ground. Like, what is the disrespect for Charles Oliveira all about? I don't get it. I don't know, man. It's just like, like, you know, Manpre called it a Russian tax. I think it's almost a grappler's tax. Like, it's just these guys who are just so overwhelming on the ground. People, uh, I think it's because if you think about a fight, what's the most important thing or what's the easiest path to usually go get around. It's usually control on the ground or control a guy. Cause you don't have to worry about getting hit in the face. You'll always have that place to go to. So if we're talking about a, a 25 minute fight and a guy has to just go win 15 minutes by holding you down or holding you up against the, uh, the cage. Like if he's that much dominant, it's, if it's that lopsided, he probably can get to that. So I think that that's why the odds probably play in their favor that much. But this guy is good on the ground. He is going to be dangerous. He's never taken on a guy close to his class. I just think it's too much to say he's minus 200 against the guy who is just the champion up until his little scale snafu. I get you. It's a value bet. If you get that type of money on Duke Bronx, who's on this crazy winning streak, it's not a bad bet. Just curious which way you're going. Brendan Tobin, Sean Levine. Well, let me ask you, would you, are you worried at all about it? Because we got to factor this. Khabib would be coming off a layoff. Are you worried about layoff Khabib? Or you think he could just strap up the gloves and he's going to he's gonna kick ass? So I was talking more in like a dream world, like in their prime, like a video game. If you're talking about like reality, if Khabib, let's let's say Oliveira goes out there and wins another fight. And let's say mm-hmm. that it's against Islam. Manpreet made a great point. Like, right. That's, gives, him, gives him a swirly, gives him noogies, treats him like a bully. Goes, ah, come get your boy. Come get your boy. He, he bully, let, let's say that Oliver gets in there with Islam, which I think is the one that we should see next. And then, yeah, he gets him in a noogie a couple times, and he gives him a wedgie, and he gives him a your mama joke or two. And they don't like that in Kazakhstan. That's like a big I heard deal. That. Like, chicken. That's a He's big from deal. Da- da- Dagestan, though. Dagestan. Yeah, thank you. Dagestan, my fault. Hey, so, dude, I'm telling you, like, that's that's the only path that we could see to that actually happening. Because I've always thought Khabib is done. He said he's done. He's done. But – 
if his little brother Makachev got beat up by Charles Oliveira, and then people are talking about Oliveira's the greatest at the weight class of all time, that he's the GOAT, that he could beat Khabib, and Khabib's little brother just got beat up, like, my answer is no, by the way. Like, Khabib's a different breed, where I know you've seen him when you're talking about these ate a couple of Twinkies and had a little bit of fun. We're talking about a guy who has... fat. I said he's th- he's swole. He's enjoying you his said life. That he was... Yeah, I think I you said might have pudgy or spell. I didn't I say that. Don't, don't don't put words in my mouth. I did you, not say you, that. You gave me the look of like the guy might be a little bit bigger than the last that, time. That doesn't have to cut weight anymore. He's not a professional athlete anymore. He's a he's a promoter. And if he did end up getting back into that fight realm and needing to cut weight, he would be Khabib once again. And I think that he would come in as a heavy favorite. I don't think we're going to see the fight. Let's keep going down this path because I do think we could see Michael Chandler take on the guy he called out in Conor McGregor. Let's just say that happens. Let's say that Michael Chandler says, you know, I got hit, but I'm ready to go in five months. And Conor McGregor says, okay, that sounds good for me. Whatever, UFC 277, wherever we're at at that point. What do you think the odds look like for that fight? Call it 170. At 170. Because um... that's what Chandler said. Like he Chandler completely put the ball in McGregor's core. He basically he did the opposite of the Dustin Poirier approach. Like I know Poirier was nice to him the first time around and all that, but like after a while that got pretty nasty. Right, he right, just right. buttered him up, which is which is it's Michael Chandler's a great businessman. I think uh, I th- I still think Michael Chandler is pretty sizable. Like I would say minus two hundred in, in in this. Like he's he's taking on a guy who hasn't won a fight in a very very long time. The only thing that he would have kind of would have going for him is. 170 but the thing with connor is the look connor has not been better necessarily the the higher the weight class has gone the best he ever was was a 145 fighter no that's a fair point i just think that connor always is going to get the public money coming in on him so you're never going to see too big of odds swaying against him oh what about nunez versus pena too the first time around one of the biggest upsets by the numbers that we've seen in the last five years juliana pena came in as a minus i want to say 600 in some sports books where when you bet that one a few months ago, they're going to run it back. Nunez Pena too. What do you think the odds should look like? Uh, I gotta think it's right now probably, and I haven't looked at them. But uh, if I had to guess, I would say that Nunez is a slight favorite, a slight favorite, something like pretty close to to pick him. But I would say probably leaning a little towards Nunez. So I have looked at them, and you're right because she's the goat, she's the lioness. The question I have is this: Why does that matter? Like. We saw it head-to-head, and Juliana Pena put the beat down on her to where Amanda Nunez, I don't want to say she quit, but I'm going to say Amanda Nunez quit. Like, if you can get that, who cares about all those accolades? If I'm putting my money on that fight, and you're going to give me a little bit of plus money on Juliana Pena, the same way that you're running the sports books a couple minutes ago, I'm running the same way, brother. I, and I wouldn't disagree with you. Like, I think it's a good pat. Like, we saw this with Carlos Esparza and, and Rose. As much of a boring fight as that was, like, it's still, I think you hold some, when you hold, when you beat somebody, you hold something over them. And I think really, really matters. You can come up with all the excuses and whatnot. Um, I do believe in Amanda's greatness, though. I do think that, you know, the idea that maybe she's distracted or a little worn out or like, you know, all right, here's just another contender. I do think that it, we've seen this with Anderson Silva, with other great fighters who have had those long runs. It is exhausting. GSP had to step away when you're just that dominant for that long. It's, it's natural that one day you're going to slip up against somebody. Yeah, I agree with you. It definitely looked like she quit. I think that you probably have somebody who would be a little bit more sharpened for this time around is interesting that she's not at the, at ATT anymore. She's kind of doing her own thing um, because ATT's probably got one of the best female stables out there. 
So I think that that could hurt your training a little bit. Um, maybe she decides to go back there, you know, you know, would go back there. I don't know. Or would, you know, still bring somebody to her own gym. But, um, but, but I still think that uh, she deserves the, the benefit of that to be the favorite. Dude, you mentioned Rose and Carla Esparza. I mean, I figured if you get a cookie monster into an octagon with a thug, it's going to go down. And it did not go down. Like, luckily, we no. got the Michael Chandler head kick right before that. And then we got to see Gaethje get choked out right after it. So it kept me up. But, man, like, that was – I thought that Derek Lewis, Francis, and Ganu was a boring fight. I'd rather watch that 100 times than rewatch that Rose Esparza fight. And you could tell, like, even the announcers, as it was going on, there was – how does Rose doesn't get into boring fights? And even as far as Mars, like she'll 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 do a bunch of different things to you and just nothing happens. So that's the only that's the only 35 seconds we'll spend talking about that fight because frankly, that's all it deserves. Coming up next, we'll have our own chance to do our call-outs like we always do. We'll both take the microphone. I'm also gonna give you my five favorite call-outs of all time. You're locked in to the Bet QL Network. 